podcast. Our guest this week was Miles Phelps, who is a writer at Cubs Den. Does a lot of the recapping over there. Um, And uh, we discussed, well, basically the first half, what went wrong for the Cubs. Then we talk a little bit about Ian Happ, uh, trade rumors involving Kyle Schwarber. Uh, Then we talk about the highs and lows of recapping baseball games. And uh, I finish asking him what his predictions are for the second half of the season. Uh, you can find him at, on Twitter at mphelps11, capital M, lowercase, phelps11. And um, here's the interview. So the first half is over, and what's your verdict on the Cubs season? It hasn't been very good so far, it seems like. Yeah, you know, the Cubs season as a whole has been, um, you hear the words dumpster fire, I think you used that word. That's that's pretty much what it's been. You know, it's just something that we didn't expect coming off uh, a 2017 championship. Um, it's it's not, like, it, you hear World Series hangover a lot, and I think this is what you see to the extreme. You know, when you talk about teams not performing the year after winning a championship, um, that's what this team is going through, but it's like that times, you know, a million. Because when you look at what the Cubs did last year, you know, blowing teams out, um, coming back from the incredible deficit in the World Series, you just, you know what this team is capable of. And then to see how they performed on the field, it's just been a, a huge disappointment. Um, and I think, you know, I made this point uh, with a couple of my friends, and I think I've said it on Twitter, but, you know, the Cubs have to take a huge, hard look at themselves after the All-Star break. You know, after these first, you know, three or four series, and if it's still going the way that it's been going, um, you may have to think about being uh, sellers instead of buyers. Um, and I think that's a difficult, difficult conversation that you have to have. But uh, like I said before, I'm not. I'm glad I'm not in that situation because <laughs> you're going to have uh, some of the fans in pitchforks for sure. Yeah, and it's one of those things too, which it's like, even if you don't like sell off people, I don't know if you want to invest like. At, you know, assets for a one-year rental type of person sure. right now. Yeah, I don't think that's at that, uh, they're at that point. You know, you had a situation last year where the, the team was on a roll. Um, they were very, very clearly missing one piece, and that piece was the back end of the bullpen, and they addressed that, and it was a, the perfect fit at the perfect time, and obviously it paid dividends for this team. The problem with this year is that there's not – there's not that one piece that you say, okay, if we go out and add X, we should be in a position to win the World Series. You have had problems in the bullpen. You've had problems with your starting rotation. You've had problems with the bats getting going uh, and supporting even good outings for the pitching. So there's not one space that you can look to and say, oh, this is clearly the move you have to make before the trade deadline in order to be a contender. And I know Theo has said it, uh, I think, a lot of times now, is that you know a lot of the change that they're looking for is coming internally. It's not externally. They're not looking for that big bat. Um, I think a cost-controlled starter is obviously always going to be on the table. Every team in the majors is looking for that right now, however. So 
that's a difficult uh, that's a difficult thing to find. It's not as easy as I think people want it to be. But that's the challenge. You know, it's, it, there's not a there's not a, like a one 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 thing. You know, one Lego piece that you can put in, and then you've got your awesome Tie Fighter. You know, the, there's there's just there isn't that piece this year. And the other question you have to ask too is, you know, are the Brewers for real? They could easily fall apart. I mean, I would look at the Brewers roster and not feel. If I was a Brewers fan, somebody was saying this on Twitter today. If I was a Brewers fan, I would be, I wouldn't be super confident my team was going to hold out the whole season. So it's one of those things. If the Brewers fall apart, you might not need to make any moves. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the the Cubs are in a, a lucky spot in that regard because you don't know if the Brewers are for real. I think history has shown that if a team is, you know, playing as well as the Brewers have from an offensive perspective, you know, they they might be able to keep it up. I think the big question for the Brewers is can their starting pitching hold up? I don't think it can, um, which puts the Cubs in a good situation to be in a really bad division this year. You know, the the Pirates haven't played up to what people thought they were going to be. They might be sellers. Um, the Reds are terrible. Uh, it's, there, there's not like a team in in the Central that you can point to and say, "Yep, they're going to win." Obviously, the Cubs. I, I think it's it's weird to say, but I think they're still the favorite to win it. You know, that's just because of the situation. And you think it's what's funny is like in 2015, the Cubs won what 100 games, or and and they were a wild card team. And it's just funny yeah. how things can change in two years. That you know, they're. they're probably won't be a team that even reaches 100 wins this year in this division. Yeah, it's kind of amazing how it's flipped, yeah. And, you know, but, of course, then the other point is the Cubs, it would be nice if the Cubs could win two games in a row before, you know, it's like baby steps. You got to, they haven't won two games in a row since June 20th, which is an amazing stat. And it's like, you got to, they've got to handle their own business first. Sure. And then see what happens. And I guess we'll find out. So anyway, um, we're going to move on to um, Ian Happ. He's had a very good start to the his Cubs career. And, of course, now with the concerns over, you know, controllable pitching and stuff, his name has come up as as a possible, you know, trade chip. But I don't think they should give, get rid of Ian Happ at all right now. But what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I love Ian Happ. Um, I always talk – you're not supposed to talk about your fantasy teams. It's like the number one rule in fantasy, whether you're playing fantasy football or fantasy baseball, whatever it is. Like number one rule is you don't talk about your fantasy teams because nobody cares but you. But I will say in this situation that as soon as Ian Happ was called up, I picked him up, and it's paid dividends from a fantasy perspective. So that's the first thing. Selfishly, uh, I want the Cubs to, to keep Ian Happ because it's fun to cheer for people that do well on your fantasy team. The second thing is that I think Ian Happ has just an incredible amount of value for this team because of his durability. Um, no, I'm sorry, versatility, not durability. The ability to play the outfield, the ability to play the infield, um, at second base, you know, you probably play the, the corner spot. It's, it's, it's crazy how, how just well he's performed and his demeanor is just insane. Like you never see the kid, uh, smile, which, you know, I'm not saying that that's an incredible asset, but you know, he takes the game seriously. Um, I, there's stories when he was in, uh, double a that he would bring um, people aside and say hey look at this video of this pitch like is this a major league pitch uh, and then you would go through pitch by pitch to see like what was going what it was going to take for him to recognize major league pitching uh, versus the pitches that he was seeing 
just to make sure that he was ready. So I think all those things are, are, are important and things that the Cubs look for for people to stay at the major league level. The other thing um, that I think is concerning is just you know the, the amount of times that, that he strikes out. Um, but that's something that you can learn. I think that's, that's the case for a lot of rookies. Uh, I think he's like fourth or fifth in, in strikeout percentage among the rookies this year. But like Aaron Judge is right behind him. So you know sometimes that doesn't always tell the whole story. I love Ian Happ. I really hope they hang on to him, but it is a compelling trade piece for sure. If you're looking for somebody that is going to be a cross-controlled starter um, to fill in that rotation, that is a huge, huge hole right now. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, that, well, first of all, whenever I get guys from my fantasy team, especially from the Cubs, they suck, but <laughs> I don't want to talk about fantasy guys too much either. But, um, yeah, it's one of those things, like, and he's so young, and his swing is very good. I mean, he's got a beautiful swing, good, like, bat speed and stuff like that. And so you'd think the strikeouts will eventually go down. But uh, if it's a compelling offer, I guess you might have to. I mean, there are also rumors today, which I don't believe, about uh, Schwarber for, um, uh, and that's bugging me, the Tigers pitcher that's the young pitcher. Um, I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> Fulmer. Fulmer, that's right. Yeah. And, but I don't think that's going to happen, but it's a, it's a rumor that's been going around today, so I was wondering if you have a thought on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I, I tend not to have an opinion on the player um, a lot because I'm not an expert. So if, for me to have an opinion on that really doesn't do anybody any good. I think what I would love to see this team do is pick up somebody that is a cost-controlled starter. But again, you know, every team in the league is looking to do that. The one name that I, I really love if I were to pick somebody would be Chris Archer. I absolutely love Chris Archer. Uh, he'd be a perfect fit for the staff. The problem is, is that you're dealing with the Rays, and, and the Rays want to stock up on, um, on prospects, and it's going to cost a lot, and it's going to cost probably a major league bat to get somebody like him. But, you know, the, this Cubs team has, has done it before. They've done it with Arietta. Uh, they've done it with other players as well, you know, being able to flip, you know, players like Scott Feldman um, for, you know, great assets. Like, the team can do what they need to do. I think the problem is, is that other teams know that, and so they, they might be a little bit more cautious to deal with the Cubs. You know, just like what, what happened in Boston with Theo. You know, it's just leagues end up being more cautious, and they want to be able to do their due diligence, and they don't want to get – um, you know, one-sided deal, um, and neither did the Cubs. So it's 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 a challenge, you know, to get a deal of that magnitude done because, like I said, everybody is looking for cost-controlled starters. This isn't something that's just unique to the Cubs. Yeah, and I think we're probably gonna we'll be more likely to see a move where, like an area to trade, where you get you have to trade less of an asset to get a guy that's more can be a high upside guy, but has not lived up to it yet. Someone like an archer that's got proven stats. Will be the price for him will be much higher than a lower level guy. So um, I guess we can move on now. Today, of course, is the All Star Game going on right now. Actually, yep. And um, it's funny though because the home run derby was um, was you know a very exciting event today or last night. And it's almost better than the All-Star game. And I was wondering if you felt the same way or what your All-Star game thoughts are. Well, 
I, I think the thing about the All-Star game versus the Home Run Derby is that anytime you have the, the best players um, play against each other, it's, it's difficult. Like, look at the World Series. World Series typically aren't high-scoring games. Um, and usually those are the best two teams that are facing off for each other, the best two pitching staffs. In the All-Star game, it's like that to the extreme. You're taking the best starting staffs and you're putting them against the best hitters. And typically, good pitching most likely is going to overpower good hitting. So you're going to not get as much action um, as, as you would probably hope for if you're a fan trying to see you know, Aaron Judge and, and Bryce Harper go out there. Um, the home run derby is constant action. Like it's just dinger after dinger after dinger. And it's just more exciting. And I think that's just the nature of what it is. If you like good baseball and you want to see the, the best players in the entire world play, then the All-Star game is fun. But if you're looking for you know, constant action and you know, just see people rip home runs over, over the wall, then like, it's just a different, different thing. I don't know if one's necessarily better than the other, but one definitely has more action most of the time, and that's the home run derby. And I think home run derby has gotten increasingly more exciting every year, I, I think. I, it kind of started with the Hamilton uh, year where he went off and it's just gotten better and better and better and so I think you'll you might see a change I think in the future I think the MLB needs to to do something with the all-star game because um, if you look at other sports outside of like the Pro Bowl like hockey does awesome stuff with being able to to draft their own team uh, the NBA all-star weekend is, is awesome because you're just seeing people dunk so you know I think that the you know MLB could probably take a page out of the other league's other leagues books and, and possibly try to do something that makes it a little bit more exciting. And I think the other problem with that is that if you're trying to make it more exciting, uh, the game counts for something. Um, and the Cubs saw it last year, like you didn't have home field advantage. It ended up working out, but um, it, there's, a, there's a whole other can of worms. Like if you're talking about tinkering uh, with something that actually matters in the real game. So I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a tough question, but I, I like it. I mean, all-Star break is fun for me just because you do get to see all of your favorite teams on all, all your favorite players in the, on the same field. Uh, it's just a, a fun event. Yeah. Actually, if I remember right, this year does not count. They just true? abandoned it. Oh, yeah, okay. they abandoned it this time. Uh, read that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So now this time it doesn't count. Got it. So. Well, and that opens up a lot of things. I, I, miss, I must have missed that. You know, the, the ability to, to maybe draft your own team would be a lot of fun. Um, you know, if you, you have like maybe, maybe the players that win the home run derby get to draft, draft their own team or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I love this. I love this time of year. Yeah, it is, it is entertaining. And of course, this year with the balls maybe being juiced, probably <laughs> added a little more excitement to the home run sure. derby. Absolutely. All right. So um, I guess we can move on now to. You've been um, up. You work at Cubs Den with me. Do some articles. You're the, one of the main recappers. I'm just a fill-in recapper. But um, you've been trying a new format with your recaps. That's a basically live reaction during like you're typing while the game's going on. Your real-time reactions to everything that's happening, and it's right. pretty entertaining. <laughs> but I just thought you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. No. It's it was uh it's been fun to do. Um, I think. Recaps as a whole are, are difficult for people to write and they're difficult to read sometimes because, 
you know, if you're reading a recap, typically you've watched the game already and you're looking for either analysis or, you know, just something a little bit, you know, maybe it's a way to vent about the game or um, the ability to relive some of the, the good moments of a game. But the problem with baseball is that there's so many games over the course of the year. There's only so many things that you can talk about that actually matter from a day-to-day perspective. You know, it's, it's a long haul. It's not this instant reaction like maybe a football recap could be. So I think the idea for me was, like, I, I get emotional during the game. We all get emotional during games is to try to show that um, during the games that, you know, we're all, we're all human. Uh, and the ability to add some human there I think is a lot of fun. And then adding some, some analysis after the fact and taking a deep breath if there's a loss and, and putting in your own, uh, own sort of spin on, on what you thought of the game. So it's been fun to do. It makes the, the game go by a little bit quicker if it's a slow game. And, you know, if it's a, uh, if it's a bad game, like I was, a, I was fortunate enough to cover the game where we saw a John Jay pitching performance. So you get to mm-hmm. talk about stuff like that in real time. Uh, versus, you know, just putting it in a, uh, a bland recap, which you know, sometimes yeah. happen in those blowouts. Yeah, it does happen a lot. And I know because I also recap more right. for Cubs Insider than Cubs Den, but I do a lot right. of recaps. And, yeah, especially this season with it's gotten pretty repetitive. Like, yep, yeah, another game, back to 500, under 500, back to 500, yeah. under 500. And it, it does get a little – it wears on you a little bit. Now, yeah. I assume you do censor yourself a little bit. Yeah, you have it's to not a little bit. <laughs> if, I, if I were to put uh, put in what uh, was said right then and there, it, uh, it'd get a little bit vulgar at times. So there's absolutely some censorship that's going on, which is probably the best for everybody. Yeah, that's probably probably for the probably for the best. Now, another part of your recaps is um, you've talked about this on Twitter. Uh, you moved to Seattle, mm-hmm. so your schedule's a little different for doing games and stuff, and you having been having your wife fill in for you during parts of the recaps. Right. And I have to say, it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> well, she loves, uh, she loves sports at times, you know, she's not somebody that's going to turn on a baseball game and just watch it. Um, but you know, she, she has the ability to, to know what's going on. And I think what's, what's funny about her is that she adds comments that I would never even think, you know, about, you know, a player's uniform or, you know, her thing, I think is the the funniest part is that she always yells at players for not using two hands on fly balls. So I think the, uh, yeah, sometimes if I am getting off work at a little bit later and it's an East coast game and I want to get to the gym, you know, we'll, we'll have her maybe do a couple innings. So it's been fun to see what, what she comes up with. Yeah. And I also like, um, cause she played softball in high school and stuff and she drops her softball knowledge during the, <laughs> Recaps too. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. She'll. That's her. One time, I think it was the the Cardinals World Series against the Red Sox, and I did a a game recap for for Bleacher Nation, and um, I just had her watch the game with me. I just wrote down what she was saying at the time, and one of the best quotes was, uh, "Well, when I played softball." You know, and she she was played varsity as a freshman, so she was actually pretty good at third base. But mm-hmm. um, relating her softball experience to major league uh, major league games is, is always a, a funny a funny distinction. So she uh, she laughs about that a lot. Yeah, it's it's pretty entertaining. That's it. I think there are a few people on Twitter saying, me included, saying, "Well, maybe she should get the job over you." Hey, joking, of course. God bless her. Yeah, take it over, man. <laughs> I'm sure some of these games when it's like 
the one Sunday, you probably felt like, yeah, you can do it. Right. Take exactly. That. Yeah. There's only so much. Like you said, there's only so much you can say. And um, yeah, she's she's obviously uh, hilarious. But I don't, I don't think she's probably up for that. Uh, for that, she's she likes doing the inning at a time thing, and then being able to you know go read a book or something when it's a uh, especially when it's during a blur- blowout. Yes. Well, I know I, you you agree with me on this. The worst feeling being a recapper is when the game starts and it's like a big blowout in like the second inning. And you know you have to watch the whole thing because you're recapping it. Right, right. And it's, it's, it's like, oh, this is going to be a long grind. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And you, you just have to sit there and take it. You can't turn it off um, and, and go do something else. But you know, that's, that's, I guess that's what you sign up for. Uh, that's why they pay you the big bucks <laughs> to sit through it. Oh, yeah. Something like that, right? Okay. Um, yeah, and um, I guess I don't really have many more questions. I will ask you, we'll go out on this. What is your second half prediction for the Cubs? Oh, that's a, that's a million-dollar question, right? I mean, I think that's what everybody is wondering. Um, my hope is that this break is what they needed. You know, it kind of came at a good time. They were, they were limp, you know, probably limping on both legs, honestly, into the all-star break. So my hope is that they come back refreshed. Um, Madden can kind of reclaim some of that clubhouse magic that they've had in 2015 and 2016 and maybe try to get into these players' psyche to stop, you know, pressing so hard at the plate, you know, being patient. Um, Basio being able to get this pitching staff back on track and, and stop giving up first inning runs, which has been one of the more frustrating stats that I've seen. You know, the Cubs are the, just the worst when it comes to, to first inning runs allowed um, from their starting pitchers. So the ability to maybe limit that. And I'm just kind of hoping that everything is able to come together. And at the very least, you're able to win the division, make the playoffs. Um, it's probably not going to be as deep a run from what we've seen. But like I said before at the beginning, We've seen teams that are 500 ball clubs win the World Series. Um, whether or not this is that team that can do it, you know, remains to be seen. But that's my hope. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a prediction, but I, I'm I'm yeah. kind of letting out hope, which is what Cubs fans historically have have kind of relied upon. Just the hope that we can turn it around and and you know hopefully try to uh, make a move to before for somebody you know to to fill the shoes of of Lackey and. Um, you know, Eddie Butler and Montgomery have been serviceable, but you just got you can't rely on Hendricks, Arietta, and, and Lester all the way through. You gotta have some help. Yeah, and the only thing I'll add to that is I don't know if they'll make win the division or anything, but I do expect their young hitters to hit better in the second half of the year. I mean, I guess they can't really hit worse. Sure. Yeah, I mean you've you've got players that, you know, you hope have the potential to hit a lot better than they are, uh, namely Kyle Schwarber. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what kind of second half Kyle Schwarber has if he's able to um, kind of take some of these great plate approaches that he had in those those last couple of games and add to that and, and get some of those power numbers back. You know, the, the walk rates have really have been there. You know, that's the kind of the one thing that separates Kyle Schwarber and Ian Happ is just the amount of times that they're able to draw walks. Um, people forget that... Schwarber has a great eye at the plate, and I think being able to get out of his own head um, and get back to what he was, you know, it'll be it'll be nice to see him back to see if he can put it all together. Yeah, it would be nice if he could do something like that. Well, I guess that's all the questions I have. And as always, you can we can see your work on Cubs Den 
Do you have any other plugs to make or? No, no. I, I, it's Cubs Den is where you can find me. Obviously, you can find me on Twitter at mphelps11 if you want to give me a follow there for all the nonsense that happens on the interwebs. But uh, no, I appreciate <laughs> you having me on. You know, now that I think about it, I should probably give my uh, Twitter handle too. I never really do on this uh, podcast. It's a uh, sth85, and you can see me argue with M Phelps eleven. Not that we argue very often. But, <laughs> there you go. And um, yeah, well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with a new episode next week. <laughs>